Hey friends, you know what I don't miss at all? That vicious week before the period. Feeling like I'm ready to crawl out of my skin, irritated by everything and everyone around me. Bouncing between cravings for salty foods and sweets and back again. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control from Happy Mammoth. Estro Control contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a menstruating person's life. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like myself again. That's what people mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Happy Mammoth products, including Estro Control. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today. I'm sure many of our listeners can relate to the concept of familial pressure. And as many immigrant or first-generation young adults may know, the career path for us is often limited to that of a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. I chose the path of a lawyer when I was younger. However, as I've evolved as a person, so have my interests. And I'm not alone in this. Many of us have seen leaps in technology that have piqued interests in previously unexplored fields. So with that in mind, it should be of no surprise that it is one of the fastest-growing industries in the world with Revenue within the industry projected to reach $351 billion. It also makes it an inviting field for groups that have been underrepresented in this industry until now. The question is, what does it look like to make the pivot? My name is Ade, and you're listening to Living Corporate. So today we're talking about non-conventional entries into tech. As many of you may know, this would resonate with me. I shared at least two to three times uh, this season, but for those of you who are new, I'm actively making the career pivot into software engineering, which was not my focus in college. The journey so far has included some extremely long hours, some late nights, a ton of mistakes, uh, a couple of wins, a couple of little wins, and many, many failures. Yeah, you know, one, we could have done a better job. Uh, promoting your journey through Living Corpus Instagram because your IG stories are great. Like, I'll see you posting pictures of your laptop screen with a bunch of code on it, you being in all these all-day workshops, books you're digging in to help build your technical chops. It's been inspiring to see. Thanks. Thank you. Part of what I am interested in is making tech more accessible. It's all around us, and engaging in tech means often more than just being a coder. Being a coder is awesome, but... There's so much more to tech than that. Right. I mean, to your point, because there's technology in everything that we do, there's a myriad of ways to work in tech. As an example, I'm a change management consultant in technology. I don't know how to code a thing yet, but I'm still actively engaged in the industry because I bring other skills to the table to help implementations and things of that nature to be more successful. Right. And along that train of thought, there is space for all of us at the table were to Solange, um, but it comes down to exposure and engagement. For me, I had two primary barriers. One, I didn't know what tech meant. Uh, it seemed like this 
vague, really nebulous space. Um, and that was scary. I, I like when words mean things, and I like when I understand what those words mean. And the second big barrier for me was that I did not know how to get there. I had no roadmap. Uh, I had graduated from college, and there was no uh, counselor or advisor who was like, take these classes and you'll get there, and these are the steps. I had to figure it out for myself. But in figuring it out for myself, I came to understand that the tech space is made up of people, some really amazing people, and therefore completely accessible, just like you are a person, they are people. Um, and so this is, a, this is a space that you can absolutely find your way in. Right. And as you alluded to in the intro, you know, professionals of color are well served to seek entry into industries that are growing and positioned to be on or around the top. But it would be great if we could speak to someone more about this topic, right? Someone who maybe they're like a first generation American who changed their careers, made a career pivot after college and got into tech. But not only that, they leveraged their passion and network to teach other ethnic minorities skills to get them into the tech space as well. Wait, you mean like our guest TJ Oyeni? What? Sal, man. Come on, come on, drop him. You know it. Just put him right in there. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, next up, we're going to get into our interview with our guest TJ. Hope y'all enjoy. And we're back. TJ, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Zach. Appreciate you. Hey, no problem, man. So look, for those of us who don't know you, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Tolu Oyeni, uh, and most people know me as TJ, which I completely made up while watching Smart Guy one day. (laughs) Uh, I was born in Nigeria, Oshun State, and I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Um, I, I did my undergrad at UT Austin and grad school at Arizona State. And I am currently in the second year of my career switch uh, as a software engineer. Man, that's amazing. So, look, today we're talking about non-conventional entries into tech. Before you got into technology or the tech space explicitly, what were you doing? And what spurred your interest in the tech space? Uh, What was I doing? So, I was working as a business analyst at a small health tech company in Austin at the time. And I was also a really big volunteer in Austin like when I moved back to Austin from Dallas for work I told myself like anything black like just anything dealing with underrepresented groups I wanted to volunteer time to just help and you know just try to like give back any way possible and I ended up like volunteering for a host of different events till I stumbled upon this one event called Div Hackathon at Houston Tillerson University, which is an HBCU and actually the first higher education institute in Austin uh, during South by. And the the purpose of the Div Hackathon was to basically introduce black and brown students to to tech. And I volunteered as a mentor to basically help students flesh out their uh, ideas and, and, you know, ultimately try to try to build like a working product at the end of those two days for the, for the hackathon. And what like really triggered the idea of like learning to code or just teaching people how to code was uh, 
when I park in front of this like brand new house across from like HT in East Austin, which which you know used to be like a, a old black neighborhood in yeah. Austin. Yeah, yeah. And you know, this house was a reminder that this area was being gentrified largely by a lot of people that are that are coming into Austin because of tech. And just kind of like thinking, man, like all these black and brown kids and just like families in these areas are being priced out of here mm. because they, they don't really have access into this industry and don't really know like the basics, you know, to even be able to try to like, you know, have a chance to like try in this industry. And that kind of frustrated me a bit. And I thought one day, you know what, it would be real impactful if somebody was teaching these kids to code. And I just like jokingly mentioned to a friend when to you know to my friend at the event, like, bro, you know, I, I think I'm gonna mess around and learn how to code so I can teach these kids to code. Wow. <laughs> the guy I was talking to was a software engineer for IBM. Uh he was like, Oh, really? Can you code? I was like, I don't but I don't know anything about coding, bro. I, I work as a business analyst. I just like design software, but I don't actually build it. But yeah, I had the crazy idea of learning to code so that I can teach black and brown kids to code. And I didn't really learn to, to like make a career switch. I just wanted to basically help other people like break into the industry. And I did that for about a year until I, I, I basically got this useless promotion at work. <laughs> I, Why was it useless? <laughs> it, it, it was useless, man. I, I was I was working as a business analyst, making you know for a health tech company, making thirty seven thousand five hundred in Austin. Wow, wow, and, that's, uh, that's really low. Ooh, man, you said wow, and it just it, you, you brought back all the pain from those. Things. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, but yeah, uh, and I had gotten a promotion to senior business analysts, right? You know, big time. I think in big time, everything got a promotion in my, right. my title got a promotion, my responsibilities, everything but my salary. Oh, no. I was like, but that's really what happens, though. Yeah, I'm like, hold on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, bro. What's going on? Because my, you know, coworkers got a raise. Why in the world did I not get one? So I started having this, like, back and forth with my manager. Like, hey, man, I, you know, I've, I've been doing all this, you know, my output is looking really good, et cetera, et cetera. Like I've been here for over a year, you know, what's up? And I just got promoted. So he eventually went to bat for me with the CEO and they got me a promotion. Like I, I, man, I, I, I remember that day. Well, he, he came into the office and we had a meeting and he was so happy to like, announced to me that I had gotten a raise. I was like, okay, what's that money looking like, bro? He's like, yeah, so TJ, we're going to take you from 37500 to 39998 Oh, no. I was like, hey, bro, you, you guys really couldn't have added a couple of dollars more? <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, to at least make a 40K, bro? Really? I was, just, I was like, okay, wow, thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. I mean, I went back to my desk with this look like I'm leaving. Um, I, I was like mid twenties, just thinking, man, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna be fighting for 40k. Like, I'm not trying to build my my life and career off of that because 
you know, because the question then was how long till I reach like 60K? Right. No, it's like, a real question. Right. Yeah. I was like, bro, I, man. God I forbid, got- God forbid six figures, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Right. I'm going yeah. to be like 40 to 50 years old before I see any kind of money where I, you know, I, I can just kind of be at peace, basically, right? Because I had like a lot of loans coming coming from grad school because I also did grad school out of state. But yeah, so I I was very like frustrated by that. And by this time, I had been learning to code for about a year and like, you know, teaching it as well. But at, at that time, I, was, I basically just knew the basics of building like web pages and websites, just, you know, simple HTML, CSS, JavaScript, Bootstrap, that, you know, that type of stuff. Right. But I went home, I was just like, you know what, man? I'm not going to be here fighting to try to make 40-something K. Like, I, my financial goals were way bigger than that. And I was like, I have to make a change. And all my software engineer friends are banking. And, you know, so far, this stuff seems pretty pretty straightforward. So I, I basically went to this, to this event or something at IBM, I think. And I saw this printout of a job posting for a software engineer role at IBM. And it had all these skills and requirements, you know, just basically all this stuff on there. And I, I basically used that posting to update the curriculum that that I was using to teach. Oh, wow. Yeah. This happened like, man, I think this happened around June or July 2016. And I basically took that job posting and I put it like right next to my desk in my room and I put a date on there like, December 2016 was how long I gave myself. I was like, by December 2016 latest, I should be working as a software engineer, period. Let's go. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, basically that is what kind of spurred me making that uh, career change. Uh, And it's it's just crazy how it all started, how I, I actually only started learning to code so I can teach other people so they could break into the industry and make more money. Man, I was over here broke. <laughs> Maybe I should make the switch. So. Right. Well, well, you know, I'll say this. It's funny. I, I, I truly believe anytime you attach your purpose with people, um, you're going to see rewards on the other side. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. So, oh, yeah. So, so your whole angle, your whole mission was how can I serve someone else? And then as you were building to serve others, uh, the fates came together to make sure that you were taken care of. So that's really exciting. And. I think something else that I hope our listeners are picking up on is that you are tenacious about it, right? So the the information was out there. You did your own research. You put yourself out there. You were willing to be uncomfortable, and you drove to get there. Let me ask you something about this program um, that you that you started to teach other folks, specifically youth, how to code. What is the program, and why why do you believe coding is so important? Why do you do it today? Like, why do you continue to do it today? Well, so the program was called Roots technology and i was basically teaching classes on saturdays at the time uh in in like a lower income part of austin uh yeah and i for me i at the time i thought it was like a really good chance to provide an opportunity for kids that were already interested in tech somehow to just learn more of the hard skills to try to like them the chance to try to break into the industry or to ultimately start like their own stuff on the side in terms of like you know building websites for 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 people or just like building or just building their own app ideas at the time actually um so yeah i mean that man 
Teaching is hard, bro. <laughs> teaching is very hard. Uh, I always knew that our teachers were undervalued, underpaid, and underappreciated. But that, like, knowledge took a different form when I actually, like, experienced being in the shoes of a teacher for just, like, a couple hours once a week. Because there were some students in my class that didn't know where they were going to eat unless they came to my class because Subway, like, sponsored lunches. You know, so it's like there were so many, like, hurdles outside of the actual class that basically made it hard for students to retain information and Mm -hmm. to basically achieve the goal that they set out to achieve. So, yeah, that that was tough. And I I ultimately had to, like, pull back on the program. Uh, so now I I have the curriculum online, and it is open to any and everybody to use. And I just make myself available as a mentor to help people to get unstuck as they are working through the curriculum, you know, because everything is online and self-paced. So... So let's make sure that we'll we'll make sure to put that those resources in the show notes, uh, because I think that's amazing. I think, you know, certain people for me, as an example, right, like I'm a good Googler. Like I, I don't have an issue looking something up and figuring it out or, you know, reaching out and talking to people. But that isn't always that's not everyone's strong suit. Having a, a place where all of that information is uh, consolidated and available, I think it's a is a big deal. And. Um, there's plenty of people out there that really see tech as like this big, um, just amorphous thing that you can't really wrap your hand, your arms around or that it's only for super, super quantitative um, math geniuses and things of that nature. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could give people, especially minorities who don't have a tech background but want to get into the space, three tips, what would they be? One, um, decide what you want to do. And if you don't already know what you want to do in this industry or you just don't know anything about tech, just start looking for local tech meetups in your area and start attending and just and just ask questions. Like you always find people that are willing to just like answer questions and at least help you and point you in the right direction. And two, like find find people that want once you figure out what you what you want to do, find people in this industry that are where you want to be and approach them to basically help you come up with a plan to get there. And then three, you and you have to really like sacrifice and grind, like set a timeline and let other people know to to basically help to keep you accountable to your goals and get to work, you know, like this. This like took me over a year and a half of just like teaching myself and just grinding. My last like you know five months, I actually like once I decided that I wanted to make a switch into being an engineer. I think I spent about like seven months of just like really sacrificing and grinding. Where no more happy hours, no more brunch, dollar mimosas, and God knows I love like dollar mimosas. Like dollar I mimosas, yeah. You know I. I so much up like I was working full-time and coming home and basically from 6 p.m. to like 1 or 2 a.m. I was just studying seven days a week just just grinding and sacrificing the the only people that saw me on a regular basis were my co-workers <laughs> and, and my sister because she lived with me but hmm. that was it you know I, yeah. I 
basically went went into a hole to you know to to try to you know put in the work to achieve my goals and i basically showed up with a brand new software engineering job a few months later well see no that's just so inspirational right because again i think we talk a lot about things that we say that we want to do but the reality is it takes work it takes sacrifice anything that you want to really build that's going to be sustainable not a fad or not something passing in any way it takes time and it takes actual work and it's funny because you know you didn't pull those hours out of nowhere you had to give up some comfort so that you could eventually get where you wanted to go so that's no that's just amazing I, i'm i'm really uh, encouraged by this story this has been a great conversation before we wrap up tj do you have any shout outs man i have a lot of shout outs it, go ahead get, get it going <laughs> when it took advantage of people so yeah first the first shout outs would be to dara okay and sammy muddity they were my engineering friends at the time that basically helped point me in the right direction when I was coming up with this self-paced curriculum to, you know, teach people. And then after that, shout out to uh, Yusuf Diba and the African-American Youth Harvest Foundation, which is where the classes for Roots Technology were at. And, and Yusuf was another engineer at the time that basically started learning to code back then, like I did, and wanted to make the switch over. And he would actually volunteer with me to help teach the class as well. Uh, and yeah, again, he achieved it as well. He has been working as a software engineer for for for, for the past two years. And also, shout out to Ihani Ekichuku for just being like a really big support, uh, just a really good friend and mentor in this like tech journey. Like E is is an engineer. He's worked at IBM on the on a Watson project. Uh, Do doing like DevOps stuff, and now he's over at uh, GitHub, and he always does a very good job of just you know trying to help lift as he's climbing, and I was, you know, one of those people that he like really helped along the way, in my own like journey, and also a big shout out to my fiance Queen, and my sister Fumi who gave me a place to live while I was, while I didn't have my own place for a few months and just a really big shout out to all of my family and friends that were there to support me and to like push me on throughout this whole journey. Man, that's beautiful, man. And uh, again, we thank you for your time. We love your story. We definitely consider you a friend of the show. We hope to have you back, man. Awesome. Awesome. sir. Thank you so much, Zach. All right, man. Peace. And we're back. I can tell that you and TJ had a lot of fun on that one. Uh, and to be frank, I was incredibly energized by his story. It was really motivating to hear. Because he's out of the hole, so to speak. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely still in stay low and build mode. But hearing his story is encouraging and it's motivating and lets me know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Yeah, I think his story comes down to the power of execution. He made up his mind to do something and he didn't use any excuse he researched he studied he prepared and then he went for it and he didn't take years and years it's really frankly it's been a sh super short journey for him and i'm happy for him because i know he's just getting started for sure we'll definitely need to make sure to list all of his resources and contact in the show in the show notes because like you said there are so many of us out here uh, that who are interested and genuinely pursue the, the industry but aren't necessarily sure where to start We'll have a starting line for you. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, 
We're going to be right back with our favorite things. Can't wait to share. Awesome. And we're back with our favorite things. So folk who know me know that I am a blurred or a black nerd. Two amazing games dropped this month. One was 2K19. Yes, like many younger black men, I loves my 2K, my NBA 2K. For those who are not in the know, NBA 2K is a basketball simulation game. This is even an ad. I really enjoy 2K, especially my career, where you take a player, you make one, you create one, you take them through the journey of being a a, uh, a rookie to a Hall of Famer. And Spider-Man dropped both for PS4. So I'm really, uh, I'm enjoying myself. 2K, huh? Okay, so what's your style? Are you a shot-creating slasher, a playmaker? What's up? <laughs> uh, I'm actually a slashing, shot-creating small forward. I'm 6'10 on there. And so if you want to catch a body, you want to be put on a poster... You find me at the park. My gamer tag is Rev Nun. R E V N U N N. I'll see you out there. <laughs> Rev Nun. I'm gonna put you on a poster. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this week, my favorite thing is a book called Weapons of Math Destruction. Yes, I did say math. It's a book that came out in, I believe, 2016, and it just examines the societal impact of algorithms and, um big data we tend to think of kind of following in the the conversation we were having about um tech spaces but we we tend to think of um data and tech and and science the stem space as a relatively bias free zone because it's presented to us that way however um this book just talks about how those spaces can actually and and that work um, the creation of, of algorithms actually can be used to reinforce pre-existing inequality and systemic inequality. Um, I love it. It's by a, a mathematician known as uh, Kathy O'Neill. Um, and she talks about, you know, the reinforcement uh, of discrimination using systems that we would otherwise consider or would otherwise hope are unbiased so it's been a fun read okay maybe not fun fun is definitely not the term i'm looking for but it's been a very illuminating uh, insightful read and i encourage everyone to take a look at it oh that reminds me before we go we are actually going to be opening up our favorite things to you our listeners so if you have a favorite thing please get at us dm us through ig or hit us up at our email address which we'll list later on um, just at the end of this show, you can also contact us through the website or Twitter and we'll make sure to shout you out. Dope. Well, that does it for us. Thank you for joining us on the living corporate podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at living corporate Twitter at living corp underscore pod and subscribe to our newsletter through living dash corporate.com. You know what? Also, we actually bought a bunch of other domains. That's right. Sound man. Go ahead and drop some air horns right here. That's right. We bought livingcorporate.co livingcorporate.tv livingcorporate.org we are are everywhere except livingcorporate.com so if you type in livingcorporate you will find us okay if you have a question you'd like for us to answer on the show make sure you email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com and that does it for us on the show this has been Zach and I am Ade 
Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin from Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.